You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Will Mavity's interview with the writers and directors for Save Yourselves, Eleanor Wilson and Alex H. Fisher. Okay. okay. One, two, three. Hello, this is Jack. And Sue. We are going offline for one whole week. I would love to do something tangible. I want to figure out who I am. But we will be back June 9th. No laptops, no phones, no connecting to anything. Thank you. I've been restoring my grandfather's cabin upstate. Actually, y'all should go up there. Uh, I mean... That would be great. Yeah. We're not checking our email either, guys, and we're not kidding. Okay. Bye, world. Okay, bye, guys. Thank you. So nice. Nice. You're a genius. Oh, oh. Now we'll close our eyes and just feel each other. Okay. Feel with your brain. Right. We don't have any skills. The urge to take out my phone is very strong. I've been wanting to YouTube how to make a trap to catch a rabbit so bad. Shooting star. Oh, oh my, my god. <gasps> Did that one hit the earth? <laughs> what is that? Has this been here the whole time? The poof? I don't know. Probably. Oh my god. What the f What is happening? We need to turn our phones back on. Sorry, making a smoothie. Listen, it's getting weird here in New York. Serena, hello, are you there? Well, there's some kind of alien. Very dangerous. Aliens? The poof is in the cabin. Poof on the couch. Poof on the roof. What? Poof on the roof. <laughs> Sean Connery say to the hostage who had a beard, I came here to shave you. Are we gonna have to shave ourselves? You're actually gonna go to the wood pile and get the axe. I'm gonna go into the cabin, get the grab bags by the door, and then we'll wait back in the car and we'll reverse. Okay, reverse, go to the wood pile, go back to the door, get the gold bags, get outside, they will together. Are you listening or are you repeating? Can't you go to the accident? Just, just one more time. Hi, guys. How are you? Oh, you How are you? I'm doing great. So this is a fun watch. Oh, no. <laughs> Obviously, there, there's, there's a story behind this. What made you decide to do the <laughs> apocalyptic stakes? for what happens if I don't have my phone? What what was kind of the, the urge? Because it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's just how I feel all the time when I don't have my phone. So, you know, it's a, it's a logical jump. <laughs> it's a, it's a yeah. Um, it, yeah, I guess the, the premise came from when I was upstate New York um, doing a, a writing retreat, and uh, I had really bad cell service and just sort of thought, like, wouldn't it be funny if... <laughs> And, um, yeah, we kind of just took it from there. Like, what's the worst thing that could actually happen? <laughs> okay, so how did you decide to make the aliens so cute? Like, tell me about designing poofs with little uh, sticky tongues. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we started, it was sort of like um, just a practical, from a practical sense, because we wanted the functionality of the poof to be that it could be mistaken for like bespoke furniture in some hipster's cabin. Yeah. And that people wouldn't notice it at first. So we started with there, and then we were like, well, obviously an alien wouldn't have a face. <laughs> that was one main criteria. It was like, 
you know, just trying to de- not not make it so human like I yeah. guess and, and really think what could be weird. Um but yeah, it was fun and then obviously like poof is just a funny word and it rhymes with lots of things, <laughs> so it kinda lent itself to a lot of the humor. Yeah, we really got yeah. into it once we once Eleanor was like, Oh, like a poof and yeah. it's like, Oh it's really fun to write after that. Yeah, exactly. I like the the verb that it poofed us, like poofed in my mouth. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. Good. I mean, it's a new it's a new species, so you got to create a whole language around it. And it might it might as well be a one word language. Well, I was curious about that. Did you guys put much thought, kind of, off the page into what these aliens are <laughs> yeah. and what they really want? Can you tell me a little bit more about the aliens? Yeah, we put probably too much thought into that, and, <laughs> and, and like and like uh, intentionally left it out of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah, I mean it was fun to come up with that stuff ourselves, but it was always um, the plan to never have the characters find out what they were there for, or um, you know what was sort of going on with the whole thing, because we just thought, well, like three days. I mean, it's basically from when they find out to the end of the movie is just three days, and it's like. Humans aren't going to figure this out in this amount of time. We don't even know anything about, like, like what octopus are doing. Yeah. (laughs) We've had them the whole time. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, in terms of, like, our little backstory for the aliens, particularly the the cabin food has, like, a really specific backstory. (laughs) It's a long backstory. And he, he he goes on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in the mythology, really um, but really, you know, like the broad strokes of like the alien invasion were is that it was a mistake. <laughs> it was like a another another alien species accidentally sent these yeah. sort of like soldiers to the planet, uh, you know, to destroy it. And they go from planet to planet, and they like can't catch up with their <laughs> own weapon. <laughs> yeah, so they're they're sort of like just a yeah weapon. But none of that is uh, necessary. <laughs> or yeah, the movie, yeah. yeah. You don't need to know that. Or, you well, won't be able to figure it out. <laughs> it's, you know, that's still mo- more coherent than, like, what Ridley Scott gave us with Prometheus. So, you know what, that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a start. Yeah. I, I actually really, I really love Prometheus. <laughs> I just I mean, do. I, I just wanted to know the answers, and then the next one didn't. I know, I know. Yeah. It's like, oh, we derived from big men. It's <laughs> <laughs> like once you give a little bit, you know, you have to give everything, yeah. otherwise it's unsatisfying. We try right. to not give anything. <laughs> I respect yeah. that, but I, I do expect like a full, uh, you know, one of those little uh, behind-the-scenes recaps books that they release to make extra <laughs> money on like a a property that comes yeah. out five years down the line. We'll, we'll, write, we'll write a graphic novel. Yeah, a follow-up graphic novel. But it's, okay, yeah, I will it's totally buy that. Limited. There's no story at all. Yeah. <laughs> so there's so many little quirks in here uh, that I was – they're very specific. I was curious about – so one, the sourdough starter, and two, the night visions, and three, the online steps to becoming a better person. Can you tell me a little bit about all three? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, the first one – what was the first one? Well, yeah. The so, sourdough so starter. Sourdough starter. Oh, yeah. We don't, we don't, we're not sourdough starter people, but we have <laughs> friends and we use them as our sourdough experts. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was, like, something that we thought Jack would be really into. We were kind of worried when we wrote it that people wouldn't get it, like, because he's, like, talking about his daughter, his daughter, and we're like, oh, does anyone know what this is? But then <laughs> pandemic happens and... Now everybody is in yeah. sourdough starter, so it's kind of perfect. You don't have to worry about that joke missing. Right. Hey, you're ahead um, of the curve. And then, yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah. 
what was the next one? The second one was the list or the, list the night sort of vision. The list. Well, the list. Oh, the, the night terrors is the terrors. thing that happens to Alex. That's real. That's the real thing from our life. I don't typically scream, um, no. and I don't scream the same thing. I usually am silent and, like, shaking with fear. <laughs> no, he does talk, though. It's it's not screaming, but it's more like he'll point at something in the room and tap me and say, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. Was, like, during the prep of the movie, that was a really exciting. Can I curse on this on this podcast? Yeah. 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 Yes, you can. Okay. <laughs> there was when we were prepping the film, Alex had a night terror where he woke me up, tapped me, pointed at a lamp, and just repeated over and over, "No fucking way." <laughs> uh, it's just basically, it's yeah. like there's something physical, like that's really in the room, yeah. and he thinks there's something else. The other night, scary. The other night, I even like shuffled to the the. the the bottom of the bed, yeah. um, and then pointed and woke and then, Eleanor up. Of course, made me get over the other side of the I bed. Thought was gonna, safe. I thought it was going to fall on her, and I made her move over, and she's like, please. I was like, please, let <laughs> me just go to sleep. I was like, you're going to move over. I think you're anyway, yeah. thank you. Yeah, that's in real life. Um, the list, no. We don't, well, the list do we, is like sort of a, a based in my distaste for... Uh, a distaste you know, for li- for internet list. Well, or, it's not just internet list, but like this sort of whole like, uh, you know, self-care wellness industry. Right. Like, <laughs> like self-care content. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah, we just thought it was sort of funny that like Sue would... I don't know. I mean, they're, they're, I think that the characters are smarter than, than falling for a list like that, but it's sort of like they just have no idea where to start in this like journey of trying to be better people and be disconnected from the internet. So we just thought it was funny that she handwrites out a, an, a list from the internet to guide them through the week. Um, it's like the night before panic of like, what the fuck are you going to do for a week? Yeah, exactly. She just like Googles it and then writes it in a journal. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you know that you're a grown up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) Hey there. I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon. Okay, so one thing I was really curious about is 
the ending, did you always intend to end it that way? Or were there other iterations in the script that you we, considered? From the, well, I have a question. Are we allowed to spoil? Are we allowed to, like, because the end ah, of Okay, so we'll, we'll give a little I warning that there could be spoilers ahead and, I okay. think, proceed. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, the ending was always, like, from when we first outlined the movie and, like, uh, thought about how it could end, it was always the way we wanted to end it. It was, like, we felt it was a very appropriate <laughs> sign-off for them because in the beginning of the movie, they're sitting together, you know, in a metaphorical bubble, uh, sort of like lost in space, kind of like the, we don't like they're they're disconnected and they they're uh, too connected to the world. So we thought it would be funny if the ending kind of mirrored that in a literal way. Right, just floating off in a bubble. And we also we love the ending of The Graduate. I think it was like for us, it was a little bit of an homage to that, like a a nod to just kind of like. Everything's fine and fun, and then, oh, shit, like, what are we doing um, yeah. for the rest of our lives? Um, yeah. We definitely didn't want them to, this is a real spoiler, but we didn't want them to, like, be heroes or anything. We want, mm-hmm. we thought that they sort of got what they deserved in a way. Like, mm-hmm. they, you know, and we feel the same way about ourselves. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, the, that was always the intention. It was the hardest part and the thing that changed through iterations of the script was how to get them there. Um, and I think, like, it was really sort of fun when Alex had the idea to, that they get distracted by their phones, their phones come back on, and then they get trapped inside this thing. Okay. Um, and that was sort of like a, a thing that kind of cracked it open, I guess, for us. Um, but yeah, that was, that was the plan. <laughs> so it's almost, it, it is almost kind of a punishment then. It's not necessarily a full bit of salvation being taken into space <laughs> in a glass elevator. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny. It's one of those endings I think that like reveals the viewer a bit, you know, in terms of like how they they feel about like whether it's like oh they're gonna be okay or oh shit they're fucked. <laughs> um, you know, like what you take from that because I think Alex and I sit more on the like no, it's not gonna ultimately be a happy ending for Jack and Sue side of things. But a lot of people watch it and they're like, it was great, they got saved. And we're like, that's cool that you think that. But <laughs> that makes me feel so vindicated. When we, yeah, when we were shooting it, we did play the song from the end of uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, we did. Yeah, did you really? It was really fun. On- I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought it would set the vibe. I did it. You did it. I did oh, it. Yeah. I, I stuck to the to the to the pod, to the iPad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Were there any other big wink wink nudge nudge kind of references throughout there, like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Well, the the uh, the poof like we didn't um, originally come up with the idea to be like derivative of other sci-fi things like Tribbles or Critters, but we were happy to be in the, like, in the family. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's um once we sort of, like, started uh, just, like, designing them and deciding how they were going to look, um, we got this great uh, creature designer on board. He's a, a special effects advisor called the Greenwood, and he just knows everything about every creature movie, every horror movie, you know, every kind of, like, genre movie ever made. And so he kind of, like, has all these um great references, and it did kind of feel like I guess homage like to those kinds of like fun practical practical special effects movies of like the eighties and nineties and also obviously Star Trek. 
Yeah, um, and their their little tongue is a little is a little like um, they have the Triffids. Right. Oh, Jack, okay. Jack's last name is Wyndham, which is the author. Right? Yeah. yeah, the author's <laughs> last name. Yeah. yeah, we tried to. We had actually Sue's last name is. It used to be Gerald, Gerald like like uh, like the the poof. I mean the the, the, the Tribble creator. Uh, yeah, from Star Trek. But then she's she's it from South India. So it didn't make any sense. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, there was, like, little things like that. And I think in the way we shot it as well, we tried to um, be a little referential, both of, like, classic rom-coms and kind of, like, classic Spielberg-y type movies, too. Um, yeah. So I guess you guys tapped into something that we're seeing a lot about with The Social Dilemma and some other films like that. Um, I guess the last thing is, is what are what are your big concerns about our future as a society with this social media addiction? Because the film hit hard. Because I, I totally mm. feel that. I, I you know to the point that like I sometimes have get distracted watching movies at home because ooh my phone and it's you know yeah yeah totally um it's a great double feature to pair this with the social dilemma <laughs> I would say if you feel like being completely terrified. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the, when we made, when we wrote the movie, which was three years ago now, um, really the biggest thing that was on our minds then was climate change. And we sort of saw this as like a rep, a set up representation of what's happening to the planet. And I guess that still is a, a major concern, but there's things to worry about now too. Yeah. And, and we, we like the, the characters are obviously like phone addictive and go off the grid and that's the premise, but we didn't like. We're not. The movie's not really anti-phone. It's, mm-hmm. it's like more like anti uh, our obsession with the phone and how and, we use it and how we use it. Um, but after watching the social dilemma, I think maybe yeah, my perspective has changed. Yeah, I think maybe the, the, the phone is, is the problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the uh, okay. So there is a climate change there because I noticed he's hallucinating when he sees his buddy there, who's now been merged with a poof, and he's saying basically yeah. maybe they'll. they'll <laughs> They'll take better care of it than you did. So, <laughs> yeah, right. That's that like that's like that hippie hipster optimism. It's like, oh man, they'll <laughs> it's like it's like Jack's subconscious. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, what are you guys working on next? Oh, a bunch of stuff. I mean, we've been obviously not going anywhere, so yeah. it's a nice time to write right now <laughs> while while being terrified of the state of the world. Um, we're, yeah. We just started adapting a book, which we can't really talk too much about, but it's like a very different type of movie than this one, so we're pretty excited. Yeah, um, and, and yeah, a bunch of little things. And we have we have another movie we want to make someday, which is uh, a comedic takedown of the health healthcare industry. Yeah. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> funny, so funny stuff. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say very light. Ugh. Well, I, I look forward to seeing that. I'm sure it will be very funny. Well, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk. Uh, anything else you want to say about the film before we go? No, uh, it's uh, great. Yeah, no, we we hope you uh, get to catch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not yeah, the movie. All right, guys. <laughs> yes, not the case. Well, thank you so much and stay safe. And uh, I hope we all survive this and our phones. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much. Good to talk to you. Absolutely. Good talking to you too. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Will Mavity's interview with the writers and directors for Save Yourselves 
Alex H. Fisher and Eleanor Wilson here on the Next Best Picture podcast, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. You can subscribe to us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening as always, and we shall see you all next time. Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast.